Hello, welcome to another edition of the Hoop Scoop Podcast. My name is Nate with my pod pal, Phil. What it do? And today we got a special, special guest. It's been a little overdue, but we're happy to have him back. Chris LeBron from the Off the Ball Network. How are you doing, my man? It is a pleasure. Oh, thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, pleasure to be back on. You know, it's like I said, long time overdue, but I'm happy to be on and, and talk some talk some ball. Yeah, today yeah. we got our Knicks preview, and we knew we had to get our man Chris on, fellow Knicks junkie, just like mm-hmm. us. It's you know it's painful at times, but <laughs> I'm feeling a little good this year, Chris. I'm feeling painful I'm feeling is, a little is good. quite polite, if you will, Nate. Yeah, every, <laughs> but I'm feeling every like, time I talk Knicks, I always got to make sure I have a drink by my side because I know it can get the, it can get a little <laughs> depressing. So uh, <laughs> get ready, to, yeah, ready to roll. Yeah, I'm, yeah, you know. I understand that, but for some reason, I just feel like the aura is a little different. I don't know. Maybe I'm just, I'm just numb. I'm numb at this point. But let's get right into it. Before we talk about what we are expecting from this season, what players we're looking at, all that stuff, let's just kind of reflect on the off season. Mm-hmm. And Chris, I'll hand it to you. What are the overarching thoughts about? We'll take, we'll talk draft and free agency. No trades, thank God, because I, I don't know if I would be able to handle the trade, but. We're talking draft and free agency, the moves the Knicks made. What did you like that they did? What do you made? What are you concerned about? What are your feelings? What do you wish they looked the for? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all the goods. All the goods. Yeah. It definitely feels different. Like it, it just has better vibes. Like, like the last like last off season, Obviously, we were, we you know everyone thought we were going to get all these free agents and all this, and then. You know, we struck out, and then we're we're the laughing stock of the league, and and then obviously we started off the season horrible, so that didn't help. But this off season, you know, I think, I think, I think that I think last year was the best thing to happen to this team in a way, as as crazy as that might sound, because it allows this allows us to build naturally, right? And and other teams have been able to do this, like just build naturally, build through the draft, you know, get some couple guys here and there, some glue guys to help, build, you know, make this team better. So, you know, this offseason definitely feels different I'll, for even even from the people I talk to, uh, Knicks people and, and just everyone. It, it definitely feels different and it feels like it feels like that, you know, OK, no, no sexy moves. Obviously, you know, we didn't get anyone crazy. Austin Rivers, you know, uh, Alex Burke, no one crazy. But it, it definitely feels like this team's going on the right track and they're not letting – you know, whatever the Nets are doing, let them affect, you know, whatever offseason plans they have and, and that. So, you know, it definitely feels different. And, you know, I, I, I definitely feel some optimism. Listen, we could be I could be wrong again and we could be, you know, sitting here two years from now. Who's the new coach? Who's the new GM? All that. You know, we could be doing this, this, this same song, you know, again. But uh, it, it does feel different. And uh, I do like what they're doing, you know, not. You know, this this free agent class had some solid players, but no one that was going to move the needle for us and and take us to that next level. So I didn't mind them not making, you know, moves for certain guys. So, so far, so good. You know, I I, I like what they did. You know, they stayed low key and they didn't do anything crazy like they did last, you know, last all season with just signing a bunch of power fours and and signing guys (laughs) who played the same position and no spacing and then. All I did was hurt, you know, the young guys, you know, um, the young guys really didn't perform, you know, RJ, you know, you got the third pick and you got RJ and then you give him no spacing, no shooters, you know, you know, uh, what do you expect from mm-hmm. him? You know, uh, he did, he did as good as possible in, in that bad of a situation. And that, that, and that hurt him as far as like getting all rookie team and all that, where he, he definitely deserved. And, but you know, I like what they're doing. I feel like the team is better, and I feel like you know they put themselves in position to, to uh, to make some moves in the in the next few off seasons. Yeah, I like what you said about how last off season kind of it was a good thing, and I said that honestly when it happened because obviously I was I wanted course, Kevin yeah. Durant and Kyrie Irving. <laughs> you know, it would it would have been yes. it would have been nice, but at the same time. When you're rebuilding a basketball team, unless you get one of those guys, unless you get LeBron James or Kawhi mm-hmm. or Kevin Durant, like you yes. can't skip steps. It never works. You will never find an example unless you get one of those top three mm-hmm. or four guys, which are just incredibly rare. It's not going to work when you skip steps. And that's what the Knicks have been doing for the past 20 years, <laughs> exactly, skipping yeah. steps. <laughs> we, you know, we, we take our draft picks and we – 
mortgage mm-hmm. our future for just short-term yep. excitement. You know, I love Carmelo. I love Carmelo Anthony. He was the mm-hmm. best Nick I've ever watched. That wasn't a good trade. Nah. It wasn't. We gave up so much. We gave up our future for one player. And what did we get out of it? One playoff yeah. series win. So it finally seems like we realized our mistakes and we're learning from them. We actually might even be on the flip side of it where we're taking advantage of mm-hmm. other teams going for the short term with that Clippers trade. I mean, getting a first round pick of Marcus Morris, that was amazing. Yeah, it's just stuff like that, that it finally seems like we're understanding what it takes. And that's why it was frustrating the hell out of me when people were talking about the Knicks maybe wanting Russell Westbrook. <laughs> and it's like, have you, have you yeah. not learned? I learned from the previous trades we made, and you're like, no, nah, I know how this ends. This ends horribly. No, nah, I'm not falling for this again. Exactly. Like, maybe, yeah, we've been down you know this road crazy? before. Yeah, so. exactly. And you know what's crazy? Two, three years ago, they made that trade with no with, – and trade oh, yeah. three, two, yep. three first-round picks with no hesitation. But yep. you know what? Like I said before, yep. last offseason was like the biggest smack in the – like the biggest like eye-opener, like, okay – we can't just keep assuming that our right, we're we play in New York, we play in Madison Square Garden, blah blah blah, all this stuff, and people are gonna come here. No, that obviously last last off season, it, it, it didn't work. So you know, we have to do it the other way. We have to do it the old natural way. You know. Yeah. So <laughs> so I think, like I said, yep. the best thing that happened was last off season. Like as bad as it was, as depressing as. I'm sure you guys were. I know I was depressed, you know, because I have a lot of Nets fans who are, are good friends of mine, and, and they got on me. And it was, but that was the best thing that happened to this organization, I believe, you know, with the go through that. Because now I don't think they'll make those same mistakes, like just trying to chase and, and not build the team. You, you know, you're literally giving them nothing and, and just assuming that you, you, you play in New York and that's it. You can't go off that double because guys, NBA players don't care about, you know, the, the New York aspect for the bright lights like, like we think they do, you know? Right. They could go to, they could go to Brooklyn like yeah, anybody absolutely. else and get the same effect. Exactly. Or and still go to play LA. in New York. Yeah. yeah. And still play in New York, you know? So. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. So. We could talk about the free agency signings, but honestly, nah, there's really yeah. not much to talk about. You know, we they they, 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 they went for the short deals. Mm-hmm. Yep, they they got some guys that think they could help in the short term. Austin Rivers, Alec Burks, Neural Noel, I think is underrated actually. I really like him as a, a nice for center sure. off the bench. I think he's kind of become underrated yeah. almost. But I want to talk more about the draft right now, Chris. I'll hand it over to Phil first because listen, we, we, we like to preach patience and they should. You know, they're mm-hmm. doing the right thing. But at the end of the day, Chris, you yep. still gotta draft well. You know, if, if you don't hit a, if you don't hit your draft picks, then it's just gonna mm-hmm. be an endless cycle. We got two first round picks this year. Obi Toppin, Emmanuel Quickly. I'll hand it to Phil first, and then I'll give you the reins, Chris, because I know you did a lot of mm-hmm. draft research this year. Phil, how'd you come out of our first rounds thinking? Um, I think that there's nice things, maybe some question marks as well, but what's your overall opinion on the I mean draft first round year? overall was really successful. Obviously, they kind of what you were talking about before. They went for a more sure thing with Obi Top, and we're you, you're getting the guy that was the consensus player of the year. I forget the actual title of it, but um, instead of going for one of those projects like Vassal or trying to trade up to get a Coro, I heard a lot of that, and I was I was personally not a fan of it. But yeah, I mean, they wait the guy they wanted apparently the whole time. All they had to mm-hmm. do was sit back, and then they made trades to get forward, and then to come back and just made money off of nothing essentially going back from 27th to the 23rd and then back up. And they took quickly. And I mean, I was a fan of quickly. I wanted to ask Chris, if you think there was anybody better you thought they should have taken for that spot or where were you kind of leaning with that? Oh, with the quickly pick, I liked quickly. He kind of grew on me as the process kept going, you know, mm-hmm. early on, I was like, okay, he's just a, you know, just a nice defender who could make some shots. But then as I got into the process, I kind of started liking him a lot more than, than Maxie. Yeah. And, 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 and I think Maxie's going to be a, a, a score. He's going to be a bucket. You know, he can, yeah. he could score. He's a blur. You know, I think uh, his shooting's going to, is going to improve. But to me, quick, what quickly can do is stuff that, you know, may not be sexy. Like, you know, I think a lot of people liked Maxi because he was a sexier player, right? He can, mm. you know, he could score and all that, but, you know, quickly, you know, quickly does some really good things. I mean, he's a good shooter. I think he shot like 41% from three, you know, so he's a really good three-point shooter, especially, 
you know, he, he, he improved so much from freshman year to sophomore year. So, and I think uh, an underrated aspect of his game is, is his ball handling too. I think he can handle the ball because, you know, in, in Kentucky, you have Maxie and you had Ashton Hagens who had the ball a lot. So he didn't, he didn't have to have the ball in his eye, but I think he can be, you know, uh, he can handle the ball with the Knicks. You know, I don't think he's going to be like a, you know, our, our lead point guard, you know, I don't think he's, mm-hmm. he's that type of player, but I think he can handle the ball and you can never have enough ball handlers on your team. So, you know, he could definitely help the second unit in that aspect. And to me, the most, un, you know, an aspect of this team that they desperately needed to, to add was, was free throw shooting. Like we don't think about that, but how many right. games did you saw last year that they lost because of free throw shooting, right? Oh when yeah. They're missing yeah, 12, yeah, yeah. 13, 14, 15, yep. you know, free throws. And clutch free throws, so they probably lost like like six, seven games simply because of that. And, you know, those are six games. I mean, you know, I think people look at the Knicks season differently if those six, if you, if those games flip and the Knicks win those games, you know. So, you know, he's a ninety-two yes. percent free throw shooter. He made, I and I, I've done the numbers. Uh, he missed twelve free throws, and he shot, I believe, I forgot the exact number. But it was a high number. It wasn't just like a short sample. Like he shot forty three throw. No, right. he shot he shot I believe like two something. I, I forgot the but it was a high number of free throws where he shot. Uh, oh, they believe it's one hundred forty two free throws, uh, uh, one hundred fifty six free throws, and uh, he missed twelve of them. <laughs> that's that's crazy. He only missed yeah, twelve no, free mean, throws. Did like, you that's, do you see his combine important. stats from? Yeah. Do you see his shooting combine stats? Those were those it really. I didn't really pay attention to him a lot before, and then I picked up on him and Jordan Wara from that. Yeah. And it was just like, wow, like, I think it was when they were going through like the duress or like conditioning and mm-hmm. then doing three point shooting and they were shooting like 75%. Oh, yeah. And I was like, all right, I mean, that's like NBA pays, assumingly. Yes. And it's just a good indicator of like what kind of shooter they'll actually be. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's going to kill it from yeah. the corners and all that because that's where he's deadly at. Oh, yeah. So, for sure. you know, if they have, if the, if you got RJ driving and, and top and driving and they kick it out to him, he's going to hit. He most likely he's going to hit it, and that's going to be his bread and butter too, and and his his ability yeah. to play some defense too. I think he could, I think he might be one of those players, and I talk I talk about this religiously, that there's guys that we see like how many times we see guys come out of nowhere in the league. You're like, why didn't we see that in college? Like how many guys we just see like they pop in the NBA and they're in college. You're like, well, why why didn't we see that in college, right? I think quickly could be one mm-hmm. of those guys where, where we could see him flourish in the league, where in college where you know, everything's, you know, slowed down. You're playing, you know, playing against a lot of zone. And listen, he didn't have, he had Ashton Hagens and he had, you know, uh, you know, Maxie playing uh, and Nick Richards yeah. too. You know, they have obviously Kentucky has talent, especially the last two years, right? You've seen those teams the last two years. So, you know, he may be one of those guys where he might, he might flourish in the NBA level. And we might see a player that we didn't see at Kentucky, you know, take off and we might have really gotten a steal. So, you know, yeah, I think he was going to go in that 20, I, you know, because you hear a lot of people say like, oh, they could have got him later. And I just don't think that was the case. Like, I don't think if they waited at 38, which was their original pick they had, you know, I don't yeah. I don't think he would have lasted there because he was really rising up boards. And he had he provides an, an you know, that three and D aspect. And like I said, you're free throw shooting that team's coveted, especially late in that you know, late in the first round, you know, so I don't think he would have lasted 38. So the Knicks got the guy they wanted, whether you think people think that he maybe should have went a little later. Hey, they got their guy they wanted. It's not like they totally reached, you know, they, they got who they wanted. He was there. Boom. They take him. So you take your guy, you know, yeah, you got the guy, you got the guy yeah. you wanted. And then you, like I said, we're topping two. You got both of the guys you wanted without having to do much trading. You know, obviously they traded with that, but they didn't have to, trade a crap load of picks to go get their guys they got who they wanted right. without having to give up too much especially with the quickly stuff and you know boom you know so to me the Knicks did I think they did really good in this draft so I was really really happy especially with the quickly thing because I think yeah I can say he grew on me so much through this process yeah um like you kind of see yeah, the Kentucky guys like sometimes they do get hit I mean obviously there's like John Wall and you know, the guys that just kind of pop, mm-hmm. but for every John Wall, there's like Tyler Harrow, Devin Booker, and even Bam, who just kind of exactly like, they play their role exactly, yeah. on teams that, you know, don't need them to do like all this stuff. And then when they get to the league, they might have a few more skills that you didn't even pick up on or they weren't even able to show. Yes. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah I think it's a good sign that quickly was able to 
assimilate in that Kentucky system because, you know, he, he came into Kentucky. It was, he was essentially a point mm-hmm. guard. But once sophomore year rolled around and you have Maxie and Hagens and those guys, like, they can't – they couldn't have really done what Quickly did because he was a much mm-hmm. better spotter shooter than they were. So he kind of had to turn into a little hybrid yeah. small forward type. And his ability to do that on the fly, mm-hmm. it shows me that he's versatile, you know, because I think he is a better ball handler and playmaker than yes. we think he is just because he that, – that's not what Kentucky needed because they had mm-hmm. Maxine Hagens who couldn't exactly. do what Quickly did. So Quickly mm-hmm. had to do it. So that's a good sign, I believe. And, yeah, he's going to show a lot more on the pro level than I think we actually saw at the college uh, in the college game. Before we go on to the team now – we got to talk mm-hmm. Obi for just a second. Yeah, sorry, you know, I deflected to, Chris, to quickly. Me personally, <laughs> no worries. You know, th- yeah, I mean, they're both important. You got to hit on all I these. Love my IQ, picks, but you don't have to. <laughs> yeah, for for Obi, me personally, Chris, I like Phil and I did uh, the mock draft with uh, yes, Richard yes. from Mavs Draft. You know him well, and uh, w- when we got to the Knicks pick, I actually was picking for the Knicks. Obi was on the board, and I went Devin Vassell just because I thought Vassell would have been a great fit in terms of the fact that we need mm-hmm. shooting. A, that's kind of a position we're pretty we're pretty weak at right now. We don't have a mm-hmm. super versatile wing. RJ, I honestly, I see him becoming more of a point, not point guard, but like a combo guard. You know, I don't really ever see him no. being a wing slash type. I want him to have the ball. I have. Mm-hmm. I want him to have the ball like a, a lot. And DeMar, I just think we, that was. You know, better yeah, than Evan you know, Turner, like what, yeah, whatever. Yeah. A better Evan <laughs> Turner, yeah. <laughs> so, and yeah, I, I just love Vassell's tools. I think he has crazy upside. He's already an elite defender. I like Obi. I think we could have done worse. You know, there were some guys people were talking like I don't think Halliburton yeah. would have been a good fit. I wasn't a fan of that there. I think that his ceiling isn't as high as some of the other players. I just have questions about like if Obi is ever going to be flexible on the floor in terms of yeah. being able to play multiple positions. Cause right now I see him just yeah. being a, a four and he's, he's a good four offensively. He's got a nice looking jumper. He's going to be mm-hmm. a pick and roll threat from day one. He's explosive running the court. You know, like he's a good player. He, I said, when we were doing the mock, I was like, if you just talked about the players right now, you know, whenever you're doing the mock November, whatever it was, I was like, Obi might yes. be the best basketball yeah. player today, but projecting forward mm-hmm. we know the troubles defensively i don't know if he's ever gonna be a center just because i don't know if he's gonna be able to man the paint like that he's not yeah. really a small forward so i just don't see the flexibility as much that's why i had some concerns i'm wondering yeah what you thought i about mean it. yeah i mean those are those are concerns that i think most people had with, with obi toppin is you know it, it, it is not just with the flexibility as far as like playing most positions it's just like he's very tight hip he's very like kind of robotic in a weird way for a guy that athletic he's kind of robotic as far as he moves like mm-hmm. and that's why he gets a lot of mark stoudemire comps because they kind of move similar for guys that are super freak athletes like it's kind of mm. weird but you know i mean i think the knicks are getting a guy that you know like you said before like this is a national this is the nascent college basketball player of the year like this yeah. guy was exposed and i think had we had finished you know uh you know the tournament and march madness i think people would have seen more of him because i mean that dayton team was pretty good like they were going to be a number one seed and i think seeing him playing against you know better competition would have definitely we would have i think people would have gotten a better liking to ob and seen him at that stage because i think he would have he would have he would have done great and uh playing in, in the tournament and all that but you know the concerns are obviously you know I don't think he's a three, and there's been some, you know, uh, I've seen some people doing their lineups and having him at the three. I'm like, no, he, he, to me, and that's why yeah, I yeah. think him and Randall does is, to me doesn't work, and that's why I I, yeah. I really yep. think they're gonna try to trade Randall because you have to play Obi at the four. He is a four. He's not a three. He he doesn't have the hips. To, to guard threes. He's not guarding LeBron James on the perimeter. He's not guarding, you know, even like DeRozan types. Like he's just, yeah. he's not guarding KD. He's not yep. guarding even Kawhi's and Paul George type players. They're going to just blow past them, you know? So he's going to struggle with that. But, um, yeah. you know, but the offense to me, the offense is, is, is NBA ready. And that's why I think I like them a lot because 
to me, mm-hmm. yes, the, the defensive struggles are going to be there, but the offense is, to me, uh, you know, you could kind of overlook some of the defensive things if he's going to ball out on on offense, you know? We see we got, there's a lot of guys in the league who don't play any defense, and but, hey, they scored – 25 a game you take it you know and, and you just figure out and you hide them on defense which yep. you can do you know you can hide them on defense make sure you got guys behind them that can protect them you know if they get past them the rim protectors so you know that was the guy they wanted they wanted him and i think they thought they would have to trade up you know because i i i thought he was going to cleveland uh i thought that was going to be the spot but Chicago kind of, Chicago kind of, uh, you know, uh, threw threw the you know the wrench in there and kind of changed everything up when they took Patrick Williams at four. So that kind of changed up everything, and uh, the Knicks got their guy at eight. You know, uh, I, I would have loved to personally. I was all I was a Killian Hayes guy. I thought Killian would have been perfect for this team. I think you get a point guard, which the Knicks desperately need. They still need uh, a franchise type point guard. Uh, I thought he would be there uh, at eight, but you know Detroit scooped him up at seven. But I, I didn't think Obi would get past the Knicks at eight if he was going to drop. But I thought he was going to go earlier. But the Knicks got their guy. They got a guy who, who's you know, if people bring up his age. He's twenty two, and like people use that as like a, a bad thing, like uh, his upside. But I look at that as he's a guy who's going to come in and ready to play. He's he's mature. We don't have to wait like. We don't have to worry about oh he's gonna take two three years to develop. He's ready to go. He's gonna come in and he's gonna he's gonna make an impact right away. So we don't have to have that that wait and see period two three years like like we are doing Kevin Knox or we still don't know what Kevin Knox is. Right? We're still waiting to see if Kevin Knox is gonna yeah. be anything. Yeah. Like so with Toppin, he comes in right away. He knows how to play the game. You know, he's gonna come in ready to go and you know be an instant impact player. But you know to me to maximize him. Like they still got to get their point guard, you know, so they still got to do that. But Toppin, to me, you know, I was really happy with the pick. I, I know, you know, like Halliburton, I don't think fits this team currently constructed. I thought he was actually going to maybe go to Golden State. I think he would have been perfect in Golden State, you know, uh, and had Steph play off the ball a lot yeah. more mm-hmm. and all that. I think it would have maximized them a lot. But, you know, uh, I, I like the Obi pick. I think he's a guy who's going to come in and, you know, gives us star power too. You know, people are going to love Obi Top. I know, obviously – the garden is going to be, you know, there's not going to be fans, you know, to maybe, the, you know, 2022. But, uh, you know, this gives us a guy that the Knicks, you could help build with RJ and and see what he could do. And, and I think he brings electricity to this team. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm really happy with the pick. You know, uh, he, he's, like I said, he's going to come in. He's mature. You don't have to worry about any of that nonsense. So if, if he's not, if he's, you know, uh, immature, he comes in, he's ready to go, and he's going to be an instant impact player from the jump. So I think that's a that's a good thing, you know. Have experienced guys like that, you know. So I, I'm I was definitely happy with the pick. Yeah, I I get that. And listen, I'm not trying to make it out uh, as if I don't like the pick because as a Knicks fan, I I never hate on the picks. And I actually think that fans, for the most part, should usually just root for your picks because nobody actually knows. You know, like we've all thought things that end up working out thought things that yes. are horribly wrong. You know, in 2015, I wanted Emmanuel Moutier <laughs> instead of Chris Porzingis. Exactly. That was clearly not the right decision. But then in 20, in 2018, I wanted Michael Porter Jr. over Kevin Knox. And maybe yeah. that was the right decision. So, you know, I probably won't be a great GM either. Sometimes I'm right, sometimes I'm not. But, yeah, I'm rooting for Obi. I think he's a good player. I'm happy to have him on the yes. squad. And he's going to be a lot of fun. Phil, yeah. what do you got? So, kind of shifting into our actual current team needs. With what we were talking about before, with Obi Toppin being there, it does create a big problem with, like, Julius Randle. And obviously, this was the Nick guy for what seems like a long time, unless they're just spieling and just kind of lucked into him. And they were like, well, I guess we'll take him. But if they knew they wanted to take Obi Toppin and, and they were just hoping they get to him, they had to have been waiting for this Julius Randle trade to come through or get something going. And just nothing's come of it. So mm-hmm. where do you think, like, the Julius Randle stock is at? Like, I've gauged people <laughs> and they're – they're saying like it's bottomed out and there's no returning it, which I think is ridiculous. Like there's no shot. He's 26 and like his stock is where it is at now. And like, it can't go up. So like, where do you guys see his stock trending in over the season? Assume, assuming he's going to be here for at least until the trade deadline. Yeah. I I think, I think it's the case where he's going to, they're going to have to wait till the trade deadline for something to happen. 
because yeah. uh, the market was just wasn't there for him this offseason. He just if the if the market for Russell Westbrook was dead, I mean Julius Randle had no shot of getting traded, you know. So I think it comes down to where the Knicks. I think he's going to start. I think he he starts, and they they just they make him look good, <laughs> you know. They make him yeah. like, look all nice and pretty, and they they show teams look 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 at he could play. He's good, you know. He's he's doing his thing, and then they 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 I think they they uh they get rid of him at the deadline. I I, I just, they, they dangle him. Like you said, they make him look nice and pretty. They dangle him to other teams. So he takes the bait. <laughs> and and I think that's what's going to happen. I just don't see a world where you can have Obi Toppin and Julius Randle at the same time, especially when you just took Obi Toppin, who many thought was a top five player, top three player, you know, and you got him in eight and you think he could be the face of the franchise or one of the faces of the franchise. Julius Randle is, you know, he is what he is. You know, he's a good player. I think people forget that he is a good player. I just think his role as being the guy on the Knicks just – it, it was it was a disaster from the jump, and I think he needs to go somewhere else and be a complimentary piece, a third, fourth option, and I think that better suits him than being, you know, essentially the best, right, because he's essentially the best player on the Knicks right now, and, and I don't think that's his game where, you know, you want him. We, we, we all, we've all seen it with Julius Randle. Like, we see, <laughs> we see games where he, take, he, he does his thing, but then it's like late in situations where he does the same move, he – you know, he's bringing the ball up, dribbles, dribbles, goes to the post, spin move, turnover. It's like, all right, so, you know, we just can't have that no more. And I just, I just don't see the fit with him right now with this team right now. So I think they're going to make – I think he does start the season. They make him look nice and pretty. He does his thing. He averages 20 and 9, 20 and 10. And, you know – some dull them all up. Yeah, yeah. I, I think they should just give him the ball, you know, until the trade deadline uh, and make him, like I said, make him look ready, make him, you know, and, and see if anyone takes the bait and takes him. Because uh, I, I just don't see Toppin and him working. Because I saw a lineup, and this, this scared the living crap out of me defensively. It was it was a lineup of Alfred Payton, R.J. Barrett, Obi Toppin, uh, Julius Randle, and Mitch and Mitchell Robinson. And I was like, oh, my God, we'll give up 140 a game. Like we would have yeah, to, we Twitter, would, Twitter's crazy yeah, with that. We would have to score 145 a game to be in the game. Like we'll, we'll be top, you know. I think that's just you know Tibbs might might get you know have a heart attack by the third game of the season if that happens. You know, it might not last the whole season. Yeah. You know, so it's like all right, that's definitely not going to be the case. You know, they're going to have to figure out something because that that lineup would not is not that would not work, you know, uh, at all, especially defensively. It would be a disaster. So I think they figure out a way to try to get rid of Julius at the, at the trade deadline. And I, I'm sure they tried. I've heard they tried, but the market just wasn't there, you know. So I think they wait to the, to the trade deadline and see, you know, what's out there. And you can get a better feel because, like you said, we haven't seen freaking team, a lot of teams play in a long time. So I guess once you get – when we get to, to basketball playing and we could see, you know um, – who would be a good fit for this team and, and see uh, and uh, and definitely see uh, if the market for Julius is, is, is there. And if it's uh, so, uh, I think, I think definitely by the deadline, he won't be a Nick. Yeah. Nate. Yeah. Go ahead. I hope so. I like, I, I liked the Julius signing last year, but with Obi coming in, there's zero fit there. And, hey, honestly, best-case scenario, Obi just outplays Julius. And we're just like, Julius, we're paying you right now. We're going to try to trade you. But just hang out players better right now. And that's who we're going to play. So, yeah, and honestly, yep. if that's the way it works, and I'm cool with it. But we'll, we'll see. We'll see. He's. I think people are kind of exaggerating yeah, Julius, like how bad Julius ridiculous. is. It it wasn't a it wasn't a good situation, but there's plenty of teams that could use him. He's still a dude that is a matchup problem. He's a good player. Floor, like if he's on a good yeah. team, he can give. Yeah, it he can give you 25 minutes of nice production. Just, so doesn't still, fit at all. Like he's not the number one option on your team. No, not but if he's your third, fourth, yeah, yeah, if he's, he's like, your he's third like or fourth best player, then fourth, like fourth. all right, then we're <laughs> talking. But you know, he was he was set up to fail as a Nick too. Like. They signed him because, you know, they needed to sign him because they struck out. So he comes here and they just didn't have – they didn't build a team around. Yeah. And they just – they say, hey, let's sign Todd Gibson and and a bunch of guys who play the same position as you, um, you know, Bobby Porter. like that was horrible. Like they didn't think – like this, like 
you know, you got to surround a guy like that with shooters who's uh, like that. So they, they just, they set him up to fail also. And, you know, his game just doesn't fit in New York. And I, I think it would probably be best if they move him, especially with the top and now. They probably, they, like I said, they, they probably couldn't find anyone to take him right now. But I think, you know, if, if he plays good, you know, when we get to the trade deadline, I, I definitely think you'll see a few more teams that might be interested, you know, for a late playoff push, you know, because he could be valuable to some teams. Yep, I definitely agree. So we'll just see how that plays out. I want to shift, though, right now to I think the most important, the most interesting, the scariest maybe part of the Knicks, and that is this quote-unquote <laughs> young core mm. that we have. All right, I'm not even going to count OBX so doesn't count young? on the NBA level, but I'm going to break it down to five players. Guys. <laughs> I thought you were going to be like, that, oh, he's 20, oh, maybe not, but <laughs> – the five guys we've seen. <laughs> I just want to talk about the guys we've actually seen play already and what we kind of want to see out of them next season, what might be a good result, what our concerns might be. And you don't have to give a detailed profile on each of these players. Just when I say the five names, who sticks out, what you think. Phil, I'll let you start it off. All right, the five names, I don't have to say them. It's, it's Dennis Smith Jr., it's Frank, names. it's Knox, RJ, and Mitch. <laughs> Frank. Yep. Those are the names. Those are the names. Remember them. Etch them into stone. Phil, when I say those names, who sticks out? Who are you scared for? Who I are you mean, optimistic? Obviously the what do you optimistic think? and scared for, you can kind of just sum into the – there's a two tiers within those five people, and there's three in one and two in another, and you can figure out who goes where for yourself. But for, like, kind of who you're optimistic for is realistically, like, you're going to be hoping Mitch or RJ have some kind of jump but in the same way, you're scared that what if they don't have that level of success, they weren't able to get in the kind of reps they would have been in a normal NBA offseason with the pandemic going on. So I'd say, like, really the two guys at, the, at that top tier, spoiler alert, would be the people you worry for or the people you hope or something's going to happen because those are the ones in your kind of more central concern. And saying that, um, for the three people like Mitch – or not Mitch, uh, Knox, Frank, and DSJ – I'm curious what you guys think. Is there a chance that, like, what are the odds one of them hits and becomes, like, a respectful rotation-level player this year? For me personally, out of those three, yeah. Frank, I'm the most optimistic about just because I already I exactly. already see a plus NBA skill, which is his, his, his defense. Like – uh, Knicks, Knicks fans hate when I talk about Frank. I mean, like I remember I, talk, I was talking about a Knicks fan, and I was I said I would not include Frank in an, in a Russell Westbrook trade. If if they wanted Frank, I would hang up, and they're just baffled. And listen, if you look at the numbers, like yeah, you probably would be baffled too because they're not good. The dude hasn't shot well. He needs to shoot better. He needs to score more. Like it's that simple. He needs to score more points. But the dude is a good defender, like a good NBA defender, and I think that. He has a future in the league at minimum as a rotational piece off the bench. Mm -hmm. I think his jumper looks pretty good. I actually think he has the best-looking jumper of the five. The shots haven't always gone in, but I've seen him have games where he gets into a rhythm. It looks nice. He shot a really high percentage from the free throw line last year, which was good. So I'm really hoping Frank comes along this year because I think that there's something there. I'm very, very, very scared. (laughs) I'm very scared for Kevin Knox and Dennis Smith Jr., because I, because I don't see NBA yeah. skills so far with those two guys. That's my problem. And I know that Dennis, we saw that year with Dallas where there was the athleticism. It was fun. It wasn't efficient, but he was producing in some regard. Knox, he's super young, and I'm not going to give up on him. But no. he hasn't done anything well. Anything well at the NBA level. So that's where I'm at with those guys. And I agree with your RJ Mitch stuff. Feel like those are obviously the players we're the most hopeful for. Those are probably the only two right. players out of the five that I think would start night one. RJ, I just want to see him work through it. Like I think there's a lot of talent there. I like him honestly cool. as a point guard. You know, not like right. as he should be, be the only point guard on our team, but I want him to be a lead ball handler. That's what I want him to get to because I think that's his best skill. I think he has really good instincts with the ball. He passes well. And Mitch is just your prototypical rim-protecting defensive yeah. freak. Like I don't think that's going out of style anytime soon. So that's where I stand. 
Chris, I'll pass over to you. Let's start with those three guys at the tail end, <laughs> that Dennis Frank Star studded trio group. Like, how are you evaluating? Oh, because... man. I mean, <laughs> there's a lot to take in there with those guys. I mean, Frank, obviously, out of those three guys, it gives you the most optimism because, like you said, he has a skill that can actually, like, you, you can actually use in, in the league right now. He can play defense. And he did improve. Like, I know it was before the shutdown, but he did – he was looking. He was looking a lot better with his shot and his playmaking and all that. You know, yeah. he, he definitely looked better and all yeah, that. Yeah, you yeah, know? But um, you know, and but he he's gonna be you know used for his defense. We're so gonna need his on ball defense, and and, uh, and that's something that that's gonna get him in the rotation. But Dennis Smith Jr. I mean, listen, he went through a lot of stuff last year. You know, uh, his uh, you know, he had a lot of personal things and yep. injuries. He didn't look himself, but um. You know, but even with all that, it's going to be tough for him. You know, they tried to trade him last year, like, as a favor. Like, hey, we're going to trade you because we just, you know, we're so bad. Like, and they, they he did, he has no trade value, you know. I mean, you might not, you might, what are you going to get for Dennis Smith Jr. Yeah. at this point? Um, And I like, I really like Dennis Smith Jr. coming out of North Carolina State. Like, he was the guy I wanted. At that pick, you know, it was between him and and, um, and Donovan Mitchell. I was going back and forth on those two guys, but I really love Dennis Smith Jr. I, me being a Duke fan, I watched a lot of his games at NC State, and I just saw explosion that I haven't seen from a guard like that in a long time since you know Derrick Rose, Russell Westbrook type player. And I I kind of got you know you know fascinated with that, but he, he he's uh it's been tough. It's been tough for him, and you know this might be. This might be his last chance, so he's definitely got to show his his attitude hasn't been great. You know, he, you know, uh, it seems like he deflected competition. Like you know, when when Luca came, you know, he seemed like getting down. Like well, you should just buckle up and just go at it, go at Luca. He kind of you know set back. Same thing in New York. So uh, I hope you know he he comes out of that funk and and becomes something. But I I, I don't I don't know. And and Kevin Knox, <laughs> I don't know. I, I kind of there's a part of me that just. He's young, and I, I I hate giving up on young guys. I'm big on like there's too too many too many people give yep, up on yep. young guys, but he hasn't shown us anything. He hasn't shown us anything, even in his first year where you yeah. know he averaged 13 and he even had a rook. It yeah. was a it was rookie of the month. Oh, it was yeah, a wreck. I mean, it was horrible. It was he horrible. shot 37. percent <laughs> It was a wreck. It was a wreck. <laughs> it's awful, and he yeah, just he he, yeah. he he's very his game just. Is he's not aggressive, and you would think a guy six foot eight, two hundred twenty five pounds, be a little bit more aggressive. And you know, he, I haven't seen it. And yes, he's still young; he's only twenty one years old. Hell, like Obi Toppin's older than him, and and Knox is going into year three. But uh, he's just so young. I don't know if he'll he's gonna get it, but um, I, I I don't I don't even know if he's gonna be able to. You know, I know a lot of people want him to start and all that, but you know, I, I don't see it. I, I no, think they'll play no. Reggie Bullock over him. Is the reason why you know, um, you know, I just don't see it with him. I don't see it with Kevin Knox. I don't think we're gonna get the guy that we thought we were gonna get. You know, um, you know, a couple years ago when we drafted him, and I don't think he's gonna suddenly pop. You know, out of nowhere. If that happens, then man, good for us, right? If, if that happens, but has it? Have you guys seen any glimpses, yep. especially from last year, that makes you say, okay? He he's gonna he's gonna come through. He's gonna come together and, and figure it out. This is that there's not there hasn't been that. So I don't I don't see it. I hope we're I I know we all hope we're wrong, but I don't see it with Kevin Knox at all. I just you know I just you know um it, it's I wouldn't be surprised if they try to move him. And he's another guy they might try to like make him look a little try to look as good as possible and, and try to flip him. But you know I don't know if that's possible. Yeah. <laughs> at least with Julius Randle he could play. You know, Kevin Knox, we just haven't yeah. seen that. And defensively, he's oh, god-awful. <laughs> How many times he just – he gets backdoored. Like, I think we all all three of us could backdoor him easily because he just has no – he has no awareness. Like, the awareness is – like, <laughs> dude, what do you – like, the guy's right there. He, he takes his eye. He's like, oh, what about – and backdoored like, every game. And that's why, you know, you're not going to play in Tibbs if you're going to get backdoored on every single play. So – I don't see it. I don't see it with Knox at all, man. That's unfortunate. Like I said, he's young. He can maybe he'll, he'll figure it out somewhere else uh, and be a, a solid, you know, a respectable NBA player. But I don't see it. Yeah, I I get what you're saying. I 
I'll push back on one thing though. I don't really want to trade him just because Nate goes down. I'm a firm with the believer ship. in not selling low on players. I just think that's how you get. Yeah, I just think that's how you get into trouble. You know, like because Kevin Knox has looked horrible. He has, but at the same time, like, what are you right. getting out of him that's worth anything? You you might as well try. You might as well try because. You know, he is still 21 years old. He still has look, a jumper that looks beautiful, good but sometimes. it doesn't go in. Killed the summer <laughs> league. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It does not go in. It He killed. But no, don't get, don't get me wrong, Chris. I'm definitely, I, I agree with all those sentiments. And I also want to talk about how Tibbs, I think, is going to treat this team. And Phil, I'll hand this off to you in a second. But like, I've seen some people on Twitter that are like, screw it, the Knicks suck. Just Run the start kids. Frank and Dennis and Obi and Knox and RJ <laughs> no. and, and just 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 yeah, have a, I'm like horrible. I'm like that is not <laughs> how you run a professional basketball team. That's that's yeah. how you establish a bad culture, a toxic culture of players not want to play for each other because you don't earn your minutes. That is the last thing you want to do. I anticipate RJ and Mitch being the only guys to start because they're the only guys that deserve it right now. You mean young guys? Phil, In how do you do that? Because I. Yeah, like, yeah, well, the Knicks specifically, in terms of playing them and yeah. how you want to treat them, like, they all need to get their chance. I'm not saying they should sit. Like, all of them need to play every game, but mm-hmm. yeah, at the same 100%. time, you still have to earn your Tibbs minutes. Is, and I think that's what Tibbs he's is one of those do. guys where it's not a Fizdale kind of flimsy, like, you earn your minutes, and then he's like, don't worry, Mud, I'll get you in. Um, mm-hmm. Thibodeau is a lot more true to his word, and he, he does stand for something. <laughs> Obviously, he actually wants to win. And he thinks he can win with this roster at least more than they did last year. So he's going to play the people that he thinks put him puts him in a position to not ruin his soon-to-be Hall of Fame coaching record, you know? So I think that kind of has a different aura to it where you can be a little more confident where they can say one thing and you have a good feeling that they're going to keep with it. Yeah, yeah. And before we end it, guys, I want to talk Mitchell Robinson for just one second because we all love Mitchell Robinson. All right, he does a lot of really good things in the court. But this is a this is a big year for him. I want to see this guy just be a force. You know, these past couple of seasons, it looks good in flashes, but if you look at his basketball reference page, yeah. I mean, the dude doesn't play more than like twenty minutes a game because he can't stay on the floor. He's doing undisciplined things. He's oh yeah fouling he's whatever and you know we we need him to be a staple for this team for this for this mm-hmm. franchise like him and RJ need to be the pillars especially this season I'm not saying you know like years and years down the line they have to be the superstars but yes. like right now we need those two guys to be the constants and RJ's gonna work through his stuff but I believe at least RJ is gonna be consistent like we're gonna get what we get it's not gonna be perfect he's only a second year guy he's 20 years old but Mitch has to play more than 20 minutes per game he has to be more consistent he has to be disciplined. I want to see him be more of a leader. I think that's a big year for yeah, Mitch. Yeah, I don't think it's a, a matter of to seeing him, play him getting the minutes. I think it's a matter of him staying on the floor because it's it's not as much like the coach is like, I'm not playing him. It's yep. like, I, I can't play him or else he's going to get his fifth foul in the third quarter. And then you're just, yeah. what do I do? So, I don't know. I think a lot yep. of it has to do with Mitch. I like him, but I don't know. We'll see what happens, per se. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Mitch, I mean, we, like you said, we all love Mitch. Like, he brings excitement, and he's one, he, they drafted him in the second round, and we got a steal, and, you know, we love that. We appreciate that, and he brings excitement. But he's still super raw. Right. He's still a super raw player, and, you know, mm-hmm. there's – how many times have we seen you know, him start, and, you know, within the first couple of minutes, he has two fouls already, and then, you know, he's done for, you know, to the end of the second quarter. So there's still a lot of things Mitch needs to do to get better. Yep. And listen, he's going to be up for uh, an extension soon. And, you know, we've heard he wants to get paid. And we've also heard, you know, stuff about him as far as his maturity and all that. You know, whether, you know, he's all in on this. And, you know, it, it seems like he might be a guy that's all in to get, you know, get paid and all that, which is fine. Listen, you're a second-round pick. You go get the money, you all the, the bag money you, need. you know you can get. Yeah. You go get the bag you need. But – you know, the Knicks are going to be in a situation where they got to figure out, you know, is this guy our guy for the, for, you know, for the future? You know, that's a serious thing they got to figure out because, mm-hmm. yes, 
as exciting as he is and, and as much as we want him to be a part of this future and with RJ and, and Obi, this, this the Knicks have to seriously figure out, you know, he might not even start, <laughs> you yeah. know, you know, it's Nur- possible. Nur- Nerland, Nerland might not. He might not be a better fit right now under Tibbs than Mitch is right now because Nerland, you know, at similar to what Mitch is, but he's more disciplined. You know, he's been in the league for a little bit, so he's more disciplined on defense. Been around the block. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and, but I think he can help yep. Mitch, you know, the same way that I think, um, you know, a few years ago with DeAndre Jordan, which I think was a huge loss for the Knicks, you know, uh, was losing a veteran like that who's similar to Mitch as far as the athleticism. But that, that was a – you know, he played – you saw how, you know, Mitch played his rookie year. You know, we saw, you know, he was, he did great stuff in his rookie year, and that was a big part for DeAndre Jordan. I think DeAndre Jordan gets a lot of credit for that because he helped mentor that. And then not having that guy, like, yeah, they got Todd Gibson, but Todd Gibson isn't that type of player, you know. So I think that hurt a lot for in, in Mitch's development last year, and that's why we didn't see the, you know, um, you know, the minutes were down a lot and he wasn't starting. Um and so they're going to have to figure out, you know, if Mitch is going to be the, the future. You know, I, I'm not 100% sure that they feel that way with him, you know. And, you know, so it's going to be interesting to see how they go about him and, and the future of him because that, that's a big thing because, you know, it's a lot of money that they might have to, to, to pony up to keep Mitch. So, um, you know, I, I hope he develops and he develops a jump shot. He's got to develop his offense too because he has literally no offensive game <laughs> other than – other than pick and roll alley-oops and, and yep. you know, offense is getting whatever he can offense rebounds. Yep. He has no offense. Like, and I know people got so excited with him when he is doing all his, his dribble, dribble three pointers against 12 year olds at a, at a local gym that didn't excite me at all because he's not going to do any of that in the game. So like when people were getting like, Oh, Mitch <laughs> in his bag, he's getting, Oh, you know, he got handles. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, come on guys. Like I'm pretty sure. I mean, we saw Shaq do that in, in practice videos. We never saw Shaq do that in real games. Especially with a jumper <laughs> you know, like that. Lakers, so. Mitch's jumper is, is exactly. not – I don't know if it's salvable. No. Yeah, it's that's not his yeah. – Like, if we see that, then, you know, it, that's that's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> then, but you, we're not going to see that because Tibbs won't allow that because he'll take his ass out of the game. So, you know, but, uh, you know, it's – you know, I hope Mitch, you know, gets his game refined because there's still – even defensively and everyone – a lot of blue people like to think he's so, you know, he's such a great defender. He still needs a lot of work defensively. So, you know, uh, you know so uh, well, let's hope that he, he figures yeah. their, everything yeah, yeah. out and, and all that. But, um, you know, we'll see. And he, he literally just signed with a new agent right just now. So uh, I just got the news. He just signed with a new agency. Oh, so who did he sign with? That means something. Uh, I, uh, Wasserman. Yeah. I don't know oh, who Wasserman. that is. Um, but he just signed with a new agent. Yeah. Mm. He just signed a new agent, and that's, I think, another agent, <laughs> you know, so, uh, you know, so we'll see. That means probably means he wants to get paid sooner than, sooner than we expected. So, uh, you know, some interesting things, but, you know, I hope he develops and, you know, he's here for the long haul because uh, I think him, I think when it, when it's our guys that get drafted, you know, that means more when they stay. That's why it was devastating with the whole Porzingis stuff because we thought that was our guy. So we hope Mitch. I hope Mitch stays here long term. He his game improves and he matures and he he's a Nick for you know uh, for years to come. So you know we'll see what happens. Yep, absolutely, and that's what it all is about at the end of the day. And. You know, we're not going to go too far into the RJ nah. leads, but like RJ's yeah. not no free pass for him either. Like he's got, he's got to get it done. He's got to make he's got to make he's got to make free throws. He's exactly. got to be a little bit more consistent with the jumper. You know, but like we love RJ's demeanor, and exactly. especially with Knicks fans, man, we're rooting for all these guys. Like these are like our yeah, these are like yeah. our fucking the kids down the street. Like that's how I feel. You know, we this just, has to we work. We just want to do well. It we just want to see work. it work out. If it, if, I think if, we're if this doesn't work, has, and I saw someone <laughs> post this like, oh, let's just. Let's just tank and, and get try to get a top three pick. But if I'm saying, let's say that happens, that means that R.J. Mitch, Knox, Frank, all, all, yeah, yeah, bad. I saw your tweet. Yeah. All awful, you know, for the most. That, that's what it would mean. So, do we really want a situation where we go in? Yeah. To the, yeah, we might get a, a nice pick, but to me, next year's draft, you can get the eighth pick and you can get a really good player. Yeah. So, like, what's the point of tanking if? If everyone got but worse, <laughs> and we get you know Cade, yes, Cade is supposed to be a, a generational player, but if he's playing with a bunch of trash, 
you know, what good is that? You know, he's going to be in the same situation as, as the other guys, you know? So, you know, I think, you know, we we want RJ to get better. We want our, you know, Mitch to get better. Knox, all these, because that means we're a better course, team, right? Like, I don't I mean, think yeah. we want to go through another tank season, like, and be awful. Which they're not going to do because Tibbs is not going to is not didn't no. come here to coach the I tank, d- you know. So it's not going to happen. But do, do we really want to go through a season where yeah. we're awful and just to get a shot at a top three pick? We know how this goes again, right? We've seen this story again, right? Like, like, we've seen this, this how this ends. It never ends well for us. So why want to? Why would you want to go through that experience again? Let's just see how these guys go. They hope they all improve and. If we, we're probably going to get a top 10 pick, so that's fine. If we get the eighth pick again, we get the eighth pick again, right? Look, we got Obi Toppin this year, and it supposedly was a weak draft, and, and we got him. Next year is supposed to be a way deeper draft with more blue-chip guys. We can get a good pick at, at eight, or we can trade up. Okay. So I, I just – the tanking stuff just I, – I, it's not going to happen. It, but it just yeah, – It hasn't I, worked I, before. My so heart absolutely. can't take another season where we where – we, Exactly. It hasn't worked before, so why would we want a root fat just because we might get a chance to get, you know, uh, Jalen Suggs or, or, or Evan Mobley or, or Kate Cunningham, you know, pipe dream. It's pipe dreaming, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's because we see, we know how it goes, guys. You know how it goes. We're going to go to the lottery, get all excited because the Knicks have the top chance to get a pick, and guess what's going to happen? That guy's going to open up the envelope like he always does. He's going to smile on our face and say, the Knicks have the fourth pick in the draft. <laughs> so, you know, I don't want to go through that again. I just hope RJ gets – because if RJ takes – listen, we should be rooting for RJ to take that next step the same way we saw Luca and Trey Young and a lot of these guys take that next step. Porzingis, yeah. Yeah. Or Porzingis, man. Or Porzingis, man. We got, who's that? He was an all-star. We, exactly. I remember that. That was one of the most fun seasons I had as a Knicks fan. Mm-hmm. Everybody was coming to that year. We we had a trash roster, and Porzingis was all exactly. alone for the first time. And, I mean, he showed out. I think he averaged 23 a game, yeah. led the league in blocks, that's all-star exactly. appearance, the whole nine yards. So that's exactly. just what we got to root for. You know, like that's the best-case scenario, of course. Uh, but that will wrap it up for us, I think. Chris, a pleasure as always. I can't wait to talk hoops once the season starts. If you want, just take a sec, plug your yeah. stuff. I know you're doing a lot of awesome work with yes, your network, yes, all that. Cool. Thanks for having great me. Great to see. Pleasure is ours. It's a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, uh, yes, yes, appreciate it, appreciate it. Uh, we got definitely got to do this once the season gets going again. Uh, but yeah, you can uh, you can find me on Off the Ball Pod, Off the Ball Podcast on on, on all social media platforms on Off the Ball Pod. Uh, uh, it's the username. Uh, podcast is available on all podcast platforms. Like I said, I did a whole lot of draft stuff. So if you want to go back and check out all the draft stuff I did, you can go check that out. Um, the shows have also uh. I also have the the show on uh, on uh, the Nothing But Net Radio channel on Dash Radio, which is well, on Mondays at twelve, which is pretty cool that I, I'm able to have the show on the radio. So uh, you can catch that on twelve twelve p.m. noons every Monday. Check that out. Always a new show coming out. And uh, I got I got my network that I started uh, a few months ago. Uh, I'm excited about. You know, we got some cool stuff going there. Off the Ball Network. You can check out offtheballnetwork.com. Off the Ball Network on all social media platforms, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, it's it's been it's been a crazy ride with the with the podcast and all that. It's it's gone. Uh, you know, since the last time we guys talked, it's it's crazy how much it's taken off. But uh, you know, every day try to keep grinding and, and try to get better each day. Uh, you know, but uh, like I said, thanks for having me on, guys. It's yeah, a I mean, yeah. There's a reason he's getting so popular. So absolutely check chris out if you haven't already you got great stuff <laughs> it's crazy bro it's crazy man how the, it's, it's 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 check them out i just started off the podcast just talking to myself on the computer <laughs> ranting because the knicks uh didn't get uh kevin yeah. durant yeah that's how it all started off and then it, it, it's taken off since so it's been pretty yeah. cool good stuff good stuff well that's that if you guys want to find us you know where to on Twitter at HoopScoopPod. Check us out on YouTube, HoopScoop. Just launched our website, which is pinned on our Twitter bio. Got a Wix website, HoopScoop, with all of our new articles. Got a new article coming on the way. Other than that, check us out with the podcast, all platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, app if you choose. We'll catch you guys sure. next time. Peace. Yeah.